Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. But thankfully today, most of us, if not all of us, have got that Bethlehem anointing. It is not the end, it's just the beginning. There are two anointings up the road. The second anointing is the anointing at Hebron, which gives you the spirit without measure on a limited basis, just like the, 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 the David was ruling over only Judah when he was anointed in Hebron. So the anointing in Hebron is, is symbolic of the anointing of the borrowed anointing. You will heal the sick, you will raise the dead, you will cast out devils, you speak in tongues, but it's, it's, it's limited, you know, in scope. And you see that in the ministry of the 12 apostles and the 70. The 12 said, heal the sick, you know, um, Luke chapter 9, he took 12, then Luke chapter 10, he had 70. And, and in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, it, it gives them the scope of it. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out devils. And they did. But that's not the end. Jerusalem is, uh, sorry, uh, Hebron is not the end. There's still another anointing. Jerusalem. Which makes you now king over all Israel. That's when you really become a spiritual king. The spirit without measure. Where not only will you heal the sick, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, and cast out devils. You will do it constantly. God gave me a revelation. In these last few weeks, I shared it in church one of the evenings, I think. And it is this. When you got the, the Bethlehem anointing, which is the earnest of the spirit, the down payment, you are allowed to use it at will. That's why I will speak in tongues. See, the minute you get that anointing, from that time on, you can release the power of the spirit with measure anytime you like by praying in tongues. Tongues are available to you 24-7. When you get the spirit without measure as a king, you come to the place where you can release the spirit without measure anytime you like, as you will. Therefore, you can then ask what you will and it will be done unto you. And you see it in Jesus' ministry. A leper comes to him and says, if you will, you can heal me. Say, I will. And the powers and the leprosy left instantly. The only places where it never worked was not that it was not released, it was not received. In Nazareth, he could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. Not because of the lack of anointing. And you see the anointing operation when they try and throw him off the cliff, he walks through them. So we know the spirit without measure was in operation. Only they didn't benefit from it. I'll give you another one so you can understand. This is why you need to read your Bible and read it carefully. He's preaching in Jesus' house in Capernaum. And the Bible says the scribes and, you know, the doctor of the dead place was full. All the big Cadillacs and all the, the V-boots and all the, all the, all the G-wagons, everything was there. All the big preachers had come down. And they were all listening to him. They, they came to check out this uh, 
this upstart from Nazareth. You know, because they've been hearing about him, you see. So he preaches. The Bible says, watch this. And this happened all the time with Jesus' ministry. It was constant. The only difference where we see the miracles or we don't see the miracles is where the people believe or they don't believe. The Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Them who? Them doctors of the law. Them Pharisees, but not one of them got healed. But to prove to you the power was there, there was a man who, had, who was sick of the palsy. Paralyzed man. And he had four friends. Those friends brought him on a stretcher. They could not enter because they were personal non grata. There was security at the gates, just like our people today. They say, huh? who are you? What, what, what synagogue do you come from? Where are your ordination papers? Come on, is it people like you they want here? That's it now. Guy is talking here. You want to enter this place? That's Olubi Johnson, 21st century translation. So you know what the boys did? They were so frustrated, but they were so determined. They, they, they said, okay, we can't get through the door. We can't come through the roof. So they go and they go to the back of the house. They climb up the roof and come near where Jesus is, on top of where Jesus is preaching. Then they tear the roof. <laughs> I like that, brother. Abraham said the violin, they took it by force. They took the blessing by force. So they tore the roof and then they let the man down through the roof. The Bible says, Jesus was preaching to all the preachers. They didn't, the power was there to heal them. Not one of them got it. It will not be your portion in Jesus' name. You can be here and not get it. But it's here. Other people will get it to prove to you that the power was there. The power is always there. Like God said, I think to Kenneth Copeland or Kenneth Hagin, he said, healing always comes. It's just not always received. When you have a truly anointed man, now it doesn't always come if the man is not anointed. But if the man is truly anointed and has prayed, done his own work, it always comes. The question is, how many people receive it? It's like electricity. Look at that. Uh, there's, a, there's a fuse box in the, somewhere at the back of the church there. And if, 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 if the electricity from Ibidec, we used to say Nepal, you know, if it comes and the fuse is off, that room will not have light. Is there light? Yes! There's no problem about the light. The question is the fuse box. If the fuse box of your faith, the switch of your faith is off, even when there's power in the air, you won't get it. And so David Ingle sings the song, keep the switch of faith turned on. You can turn it off. Zechariah, so that he wouldn't turn it off, Gabriel shut his mouth. Otherwise, he would have turned the switch of faith off. Am I talking to anybody? Here? These are the three anointings. The last one is spirit without measure, where you can now release the power without measure at will. God can trust you because by that time, your, your, your will, your mind, your emotions are all under the control of the Holy Spirit. You will never do anything out of the will of God. You know, he's whispered to you, this is what he wants to do. He says, I do nothing except what my father shows me. The father will show him and then he'll just release it. It was not, you know, it's not the gifts of the Spirit. It's gifts of the Spirit are given as spirit wills. This is on a higher level. You see this in Jesus' ministry. You know, virtue went out of him. He healed multitudes, 5,000. You know, uh, fed them with fish and, and, and bread. You know, 
the Bible says virtue and healed all. It happened many, many times because he could release it at will. And he did. The Bible says he would look at them as sheep having no shepherd. And he had compassion on the multitude. And he said, you know, the, when they killed John the Baptist and they came to tell him. You no, know, John was very close to him. They were cousins. They grew up together. So the thing hurt Jesus emotionally. You know, Jesus was human, don't forget. You know? And so he was, he just wanted to be alone. Get away from the crowd. So he goes into the wilderness just to pray and just edify himself and encourage. The people now found out where he was. You know, so the people just rushed, you know. I was looking for him, you know, to help them. So the Bible says that he saw them more. Said he had compassion on them. You know what the Bible says? And he healed their sick. There was no, there's no big deal about it. Because he had inherited the spirit that measure. He was operating in Jerusalem. I'm going to close soon for today. Then I'm going to pick it up next week. But there is a stop between Bethlehem and Hebron. It is called Ziglag. Ziglag It's the place where that prepares us to partake of the spirit without measure. Firstly, as a borrowed anointing, then later on in Jerusalem to get the full thing. Ziglag is of tremendous importance in our walk. This dynasty of David, this offspring, we are the offspring of David. Every offspring of David is going through these three anointings. You get born again in Bethlehem. If you're obedient and you believe, you'll get anointed amongst your brethren in Bethlehem, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you stay with God and you get to Ziglag, you're now being prepared for the spirit without measure. The borrowed anointing, the, the, the one that the 12 and the 70 had. I'll talk a little bit about Ziglag this afternoon. And then I'm going to stop there. And then next week, I will go into detail as to what happens. Because if I start it now, it's, it will take too long. It is at Ziglag that we are prepared to partake of the anointing at Hebron. The bird anointing of the spirit without measure. Everybody, turn with me in your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 27. You can now see how crucial these Old Testament scriptures are. 1 Samuel chapter 27. Good. I'm going to look in at two verses, verses 6 and 7. Then Achish, this was a Philistine king. You see, what happened historically, what happened was that David got discouraged. And he thought, this thing God has said is not going to come to pass. And that maybe, you know, maybe Samuel ate too much that day. He came to our house. <laughs> because he'd been running, you know, from pillar to post for, for, for months, years. And look as if, you know, Saul almost caught up with him, almost killed him. So he got so disgusted. One day, this Saul is just going to catch me and kill me. Let me just go to the land of the Philistines. At least if I'm out of the 
borders of Israel, Saul will leave me alone. So he goes to the land of the Philistines and he's staying with this king called Achish. So Achish gave him Ziglag. It's just a, it's, a, it's an actual place. I, I have a, I, I uh, get materials about Israel. Ziglag exists today. The, they did a, they did a archaeological digging of Ziglag. Yeah, because I, I, there's this, this new newsletter. I get it on email and on YouTube. You know, they, 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 this is about two years ago or something. They, they dug the place and they found out, ah, this is Ziglag. It's historical, it's real. Right. So, he gave him Ziglag. Wherefore? Now, this is prophetic. Wherefore? I didn't hear you. Ziglag pertaineth unto the kings of Judah. Unto what? Don't the neighbor say, these days, these days. It still pertains to us today. If you want to become a king, if you want the kingly anointing, the, the spirit out measure, firstly on the limited level for Judah, you must go to Ziglag. Ziglag is where you are prepared. Sadly, because of lack of knowledge, and they don't understand the scriptures, many Christians are trying to do with the Bethlehem anointing what can only be done with the anointings at Ziglag and um, Jerusalem. And they don't even want to go to, they don't want to go to Ziglag because Ziglag is the place of discipleship. Ziglag is the place. That was where, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's read the next verse. Then I will, I will, I will say something and I have to close in another five, ten minutes. Why? You know, I remember years ago asking the Lord, why all this detail? This is prophetic. Verse 7. And the time David dwelt in the land of the Philistines, which is Ziglag, was a, it was a full year and four months. Don't your neighbor say, why? I'll give it to you. New Testament revelation. I preached this years and years and years ago. I have actually a book. You know, I, I think we, I didn't have made it into a book. We made, it was one of our uh, landmarks, you know. And I think we incorporated it in one of the messages. But when I finish this one now, we're going to write a new book on it. You know, yes. And incorporate it into it. The thing about it is that that one year four months is symbolic of the time it will take for you to be able to get that borrowed anointing. It cannot be less. And I'll tell you why. The one year has two parts. The first part is the first six months, which is the time of Mer Esther. Esther was, it used one year to prepare Esther to take her before the king. The first six months were made of um, uh, myrrh and bitter, you know, uh, uh, ointments. The second six months was made of sweet odors. Why? When you first start praying, especially this uh, Pauline prayer, I discovered that in my own personal experience. Can I take you to have the same experience? Why? It's because it's scripture. Because we're the offspring of David. 
it, the, 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 it takes six months because initially your mind is full of darkness. Because you're coming from Egypt. You're just born again. You know, you feel the Holy Spirit quite all right. That's why he wrote that thing to the Ephesians. That they should be praying the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It will take six months before the darkness starts clearing. And you know what? Most people, after praying for two or three weeks, they give it up. So they don't make progress. You got to stay with it. Then the next six months, the Bible says, the light of revelation is like is sweet, like the shining of the sun. Then the revelation becomes sweet. They begin to understand the ah, you know, and that's exactly my experience, and exactly the experience of Kenneth Hagin. Hagin says that God told him to start praying that efficient prayer for himself. He said the first six months he was just like repeating the same thing every day, but he was doing it every day. Say after six months, he said he got more revelation than he had gotten for fourteen years of preaching. It's following a type. The type is already in Esther. You got six months of bitter odors, six months of sweet odors. Then what's the extra four months? Balance. The revelation you get after the first one, that first year, the first six months, second six months, you now begin to practice it. This is where I'm going to go into this more detail next week. You, in our own case now, the first six months is all the bitterness and all of that. You know, the bitter odors. The, the, the myrrh and all of that. Then the next six months is the sweet odors. You begin to get understanding and revelation. In particular for us, the offspring of David, you begin to get a personal revelation of the seven pillars of wisdom. You get it. It's clear. It's clear in your mind. It's not Pastor Lubi said again. It's what God has shown you yourself from scripture and by revelation in your own heart. Out of that, you now begin to practice it. Four months of consistent practice will make you balanced in it. Then you qualify for the borrowed anointing. That's why it is one year and four months. At Ziglag, you get personal revelation. The light of of the glory of we say God who has who has shined in darkness has shined in our hearts the light of the knowledge that is in the face of Jesus Christ. Uh, this seminar and you start practicing them will qualify you, you know, for this uh, borrowed anointing. We're going to look at the rest next week. Ziglag is of great importance. I shared this to them on Wednesday, but I must repeat it because the Bible says to give honor to my knowledge to you. The person that God used to put me on the road about this zigzag thing was Pa Elton. The year was 1981 or 82. I think it was 81. I'd left Brother Emiko's place. God began to speak to me that I should go and get a job and just work like everybody else. Then I can practice all the spiritual principles in a real life situation. So I'll not be preaching theory. You know, so like everybody else, I have to get up in the morning, go to work, and still pray, and read my Bible. That's what I did, 81 to 84. Besides scripture passage in 84. I didn't get a job for about nine months. You know, I was just, you know, sleeping on the floor. Uh, you know, Larry Ardenica and I, we got this house in Agbo. That's where we started scripture pasture. So for that first, you know, it took about nine months before I got a job. You know, I, I finally got one. 
as a teacher. You know, to, that was another miracle. Anyway, so during that time, I would just get up in the, you know, get up in the morning, pray, you know, read my Bible, study. And I started systematic study, you know, the entire um, Pauline Revelation from Romans to Revelation chapter by chapter. And I finished it. I, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me in three years. It took me three years, you know. And I was writing notes. Those notes are in the church office still today. You understand? So anyway, around that time, this, it was 1981. I'd started, you know, doing all of those things. In the, we, we, there was no church then. There was no, there were no, you know, word of faith, you know, revelation knowledge churches. Only, the only churches that were the denominational churches, Anglican, Baptist, you know, uh, then there was, Roy, Orita Mepha was a little bit good because of Pastor Lee. And he used to invite people because of Pastor, um, Brother Yemia Yaudele. And they had a gospel group. So they were more evangelical than all the other, most of the other churches were just religious. So most of us didn't bother. We didn't bother. We, we, occasionally we'll go to Rita Mefa, but most of the time we'll go to IVCU. IVCU would have an afternoon fellowship after church, you know, and most of the brethren would go there. At this time, people like Fred, I think, okay, my very good friend, who you know, was president of IVCU, you know, um, um, people like uh, Friday Becky became president later on, uh, Joseph Olari Waju, because Brother Emiko, and I want to do this, let's give Brother Emiko a super clap offering. You see, this historical fact I'm giving is very, very important. Very important. The year I was not even born again then was 1974, 75. But Emiko had been born again, I think, 72 or something like that. You know, then he came to UI, became a student. Because, anyway, he began to pray and seek God. So they were now, you know, wanting to know more about God. So he got to hear about this Kenneth Hagen. So Emiko travels all, the, he and Yemi Yodele, they travel all the way to the U.S. They were just students. They didn't really have much money. But it was in those days, you know, you didn't need too much, you know. Anyway, to cut a long story short, that's how they, Bermiko was the first one. That's why when he was 70, I gave honor to Bermiko. I don't mind all these other people, though. I'm not saying don't mind them. What I mean is that, you know, they, they don't honor Emiko the way they should. All of us, without exception, whether it's redeemed, whether it's winners, whether it's uh, uh, deeper life, I'm saying with authority. Without exception, came to Emiko to get the right books and the right knowledge. That is the truth. So Emiko comes back from America and comes with Word of Faith magazine where we haven't seen anything like it. We had never heard, I wasn't even born again. You know, there was never, nobody ever knew anything about such things. Then Brother Emiko began to teach these things he learned from Kenneth Hagin. It was a strange doctrine. He was ostracized. He was criticized. In fact, the fellowship split into two. IVCU, back in those days. And Miko Bank began to say that, you know, you, can, you don't have to wear a scarf. Ah, they say, hmm, or the backslide. <laughs> yes, it was a Miko that God used to set IVCU free. So he began to preach and teach some of these deep, and got E.W. Kenyon books, you know, and all of that, and began to preach and teach these things. So the younger 
people like Brother Fred and all those ones began to follow Emiko. And then he had this group of young men who were hungry for the word of God, who were following him. So to honor Emiko, Emiko was teaching one day in Avisu. He told me this story himself personally. That when he became president, he became president of the fellowship, you know, under great duress and everything. But to confirm that it was him that God chose. You know what happened? As Emiko was teaching and preaching, people started God baptizing the Holy Spirit on their seats. No altar call. Through the fellowship, people just began to speak in tongues. That's how IVCU changed from being a legalistic SU religious group to becoming a spirit-filled group. True story. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.